This is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU to highlight the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me as usual is my co-host Clayton Castle. Today we're chatting with Janet Hara about Black Friday, its relationship to inflation, and America's overall economic health. Janet Hara has been the director of the Center for Economic Analysis and Development since she arrived at NKU in 2008, leading research on the economy of North Kentucky and greater Cincinnati area. She has also served as the executive director of outreach at the Hale College of Business since 2019. Janet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, We are so happy to have you. You're one of the leading experts on economics and the economy. You have been seen in media outlets all across the region and the Commonwealth in recent weeks, months, and years. So we're really excited to have you on. So obviously the big issue that we're talking about right now is inflation. But before we get into that, let's learn a little bit about you. Uh, What got you interested in studying economics? Well, I didn't have an interest per se in economics until I went to the university. I went to school and I was going to become an accountant. I took my introductory principles courses and started talking about how the economy is driven by how people think and feel. And I decided that was a lot more interesting than accounting credits and debits. (laughs) So before we get into the nuts and bolts, could you just tell us a little bit about what inflation actually is? Inflation is just a way of measuring how fast prices are increasing over time. Um, in, In a quote, unquote, good economy, the Federal Reserve hopes to keep inflation about 2% a year. If prices aren't growing at all, that's not good for the economy either. What we have right now, when people talk about inflation, it's when it starts to be getting well above that 2%, and then it becomes hard for people to keep up with their expenses, because typically, your wages don't rise as fast as inflation. What has caused the uh, the current rise in inflation? What are the different factors and situations that have caused uh, inflation as we see it today? Well, there's been lots of finger pointing in the media as to who's to blame, but there's actually a confluence of factors that have led to where we are today. The first being the pandemic. We shut down the economy worldwide. Demand didn't go away. People still needed to eat. People still needed to get from point A to point B. People still needed goods and services, but the supply chain was very, very constrained. And you know, there's that old Econ 101, the intersection of supply and demand equals price. Well, in the, in the face of supply shortages, prices went up. That was one cause. The other big cause is the federal government spending money. Uh, they've been, they, they turned on the printing presses in 2000, or 2020, and they haven't stopped. And so, again, you have too many, that old canard, you have too many dollars chasing too few goods. So those are the, probably the two primary factors that are driving inflation, and particularly the shortages and, around energy and food. And how can inflation be curbed? Well, there's really not an easy way to curb inflation if you want to do it quickly. The Federal Reserve has decided they want to do curb inflation quickly. And the way you do that is through raising interest rates quickly. So we have now, the last six meetings, the Federal Reserve has raised the interest rates, the federal funds effective rate. That's the one that drives all other interest rates. So they're doing this quickly, and their hope is that it will drive the unemployment rate up from its current 3.5% to more like 6%, which would then stem consumer demand for goods and services, which would bring prices down. It's a very painful process. The only other way to really bring down inflation in the short, at least in the near term, would be to, to truly address the supply 
chain problems that we have more quickly than we are doing so so far. Um, that's not like the federal government doesn't have really effective way to make that happen. And the Federal Reserve does not have that in their toolkit. Their only toolkit is to raise interest rates. That's the only tool they have, and that's what they're doing, is they're going to raise rates rapidly. They will probably overshoot, raise them more than they need to. Um, so we will probably have a recession in 2023 as a result. Well, that's a word we don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, one thing that we've seen in the last year, year and a half or so, are rising gas prices. Now, are rising gas prices caused by inflation? Is there Are there any, um, not similarities, but is there a relationship there between the two, or is it completely separate and different? Gas prices are what's caused, in large part, are what are driving inflation. Oh. So, again, we've had shortages of gasoline uh, in particular, but natural gas as well. We have high demand as the economy has reopened from the pandemic. And so with constrained supply, rising demand, we have rising prices in gasoline. And everything requires energy. Anything time you're producing anything, any kind of goods or services, it requires energy as an input. So as energy prices have risen, so has inflation. All right. Now, real quick, before we get into Black Friday shopping, uh, give us some hope. You know, you already dropped the big R word. Uh, give us some, some hope. When can people see relief from soaring inflation and gas prices? Well, <laughs> if I knew that, I'd be betting in the stock market. But um, I think the hope is that we will have at least, if not a, we will probably have a recession in 2023. The hope is that the Federal Reserve can get their soft landing and it'll be a mild recession. We don't know yet that, but that's going to happen or not. History tells us we're not very good at the soft landing, but we can hope for that. The hope is that that would kind of bring down inflation so we should start to see prices leveling off in 2024. I have a follow-up question to that. You just talked about uh, a possible recession or recession in 2023, and you talked about a mild recession. How would this recession compare to the last one in, what was it, 2008, 2009? Is it, we expecting that deep of a, a recession or just something a little more mild than that? I know there's no such thing as really a mild recession, but how would you compare the um, recession that we could see or that um, it's looking like we'll see compared to that recession? Well, typically, I think one of the things that people need to understand is how you define a recession. Um, you know, there's, in the media always uses that two, two quarters of negative GDP growth as that's the definition of a recession. But the people that actually date recessions do not look at GDP and do not look at inflation. They measure whether or not we're in a recession by whether or not we're losing jobs and the unemployment rate is rising. Right now, we don't have those conditions. Despite the uninflation that we have, which is very elevated right now, job growth continues and the unemployment rate remains low. So I think a soft landing would be that the unemployment rate would not go above 6% and that it wouldn't last more than about 12 to 18 months. Whereas can you look at the 2008 to 2010 recession, it was long and it was much deeper than that. We had much higher unemployment rates than 6%. So speaking of the effects of the 2008 recession, um, retail in general has definitely seen better days and we've seen a sort of decline in retail since then. Um, has something like Black Friday's importance also changed or declined at all over the past decade? And, you know, has anything replaced it since then? I think you have to be kind of nuanced in how you look at retail sales. Because when you look at total sales, they really haven't gone down much this time around. 
but the difference is how we are purchasing. We used to purchase most of our goods and services through brick and mortar stores. Now a large percentage of our retail sales are occurring online. So yes, Black Friday is still very important for the brick and mortar, but when you're looking at the total package of retail sales, a large piece of that's gonna be determined on Cyber Monday. And is the success of Black Friday and Cyber Monday for stores, like in any particular year, an accurate barometer for the economy as a whole, or is it sort of its own creature? It's two things. I mean, it is its own creature insofar as the, we coined the term Black Friday because that's when most stores, if they don't do well in November and December, they're not going to have a profitable year. So it is kind of a make or break season for most retailers. Um, this year, I think is going to be a somewhat of a barometer for the overall economy. And I think what will be the barometer is not just the total amount of the sales, but what people choose to buy and not buy. And how do people's holiday spending habits tend to change based on factors like inflation? Are there particular types of items that people are more or less likely to buy? I think when you start to see the economy get a little precarious, which is where we're at right now, with prices high, you know, lots of families are really feeling the pinch on food and energy costs and it's really um, cut into their ability to have a lot of disposable income for holiday shopping. What we have seen in the past during recessions is people tend to change the mix of goods that they buy for Christmas. They buy a few more necessities and a few less luxuries. Um, they don't stop buying presents. They just may, they, instead of getting the, the $50 item, you might get the $45 or $35 item. <laughs> And your mom and grandma might buy you a nightgown instead of the, the DVD game or the, you know, that you might really want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, sometimes those nightgowns and nightclothes are, are good items. So I will never turn down fresh underwear uh, and socks. So uh, there seem to be many forecasts predicting an overall growth in Black Friday sales this year, despite a rough economy this year. Do you think this sounds overly optimistic or is it pretty realistic? Well, if you're looking at most of the national forecasts for retail sales, first of all, you have to understand that most of them are excluding autos and gasoline. So, because not many of us are getting an automobile for Christmas. Um, though if my husband's listening, I'd be happy with one. Um, but the other the other thing is, they when they forecast retail sales, they do not adjust those percentage increases for inflation. So when they talk about in retail sales being up 6 to 8%, that's not adjusted for inflation. If you adjust them for their inflation, they're probably going to be flat. Janet, real quick, are you a Black Friday shopper or are you a Cyber Monday shopper? What, 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 what is Janet Harrow like on Black Friday? At Black Friday, I'm at home in my jammies, <laughs> giving my husband a list to go out and look for on Cyber Monday. <laughs> That's great. Well, Janet, thank you so much. This has been um, a lot of fun. And, you know, unfortunately, we did have to hear the big R word. I was, I was saying I hope Janet doesn't drop the recession word, but if it's true, it's true. Um, but that's why you're also one of the leading experts in the economy in the area. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been Janet Hera, the director of the Center for Economic Analysis and Development here at Northern Kentucky University. Um, as always, please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And be sure to check out other episodes. We've talked to Rusty Martis and Nick Bliven and Ryan Salzman. So be sure to, to listen to those, share this podcast on your social media, really spread the word. We love hearing from those who 
um, listen to the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and being fans of the podcast. And as always, we will talk to you next week. And Norse up. Norse up.